0: Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Magabro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors. And I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series. But it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're gonna talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing, And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm gonna throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? writing podcast. So when I was planning for this podcast, my guest today was at the top of my list of preferred guests because she has such an amazing story. Tanya Kappes is a fellow cozy mystery author who has written over 100 books. Okay. 100, but that's not the only amazing thing about her. She's also a self-publishing superstar. And I wanted to have this conversation here because I want this podcast to cover all the things about the publishing world, and I wanted to talk about them honestly. When I started my publishing journey about 12 years ago, self-publishing was definitely not as common as it is today. It was not the thing it is today. I, I distinctly remember it being almost a dirty word. It had all kinds of negative connotations behind it, and you're going to hear more about that from Tanya herself. But today it's very different, and it's a much more widely accepted method of publishing. But Tanya was doing it from the start, and I was really fascinated to hear her story, and I knew I had to get her here to tell you all about it. And we talked a lot, so this is going to be a two-parter. Um, so this is part one, and I think you're just, you're going to love it. So here's her bio. Amazon All-Star author Tanya Kappis has written more than 180 Southern cozy mysteries, all of which have graced numerous bestseller lists, including USA Today and Women's World Book Club Pick Twice. Best known for stories charged with Southern charm, emotion, and humor, and filled with flawed characters, her novels have garnered reader praise and glowing critical reviews. She lives with her husband in Northern Kentucky. Now that her four boys have flown out of the nest, Tanya writes full-time in her camper. Except when there's tornadoes, which there was a tornado watch when we were talking, so she was not in her camper today. But also, Tanya hated reading until her 30s and never imagined herself to be an author. But I'll let her tell you that story. She is a ton of fun. I know you're going to love this conversation,
1: so let's get to it.
0: Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast.
1: Oh, and thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to be um, invited and to see you again.
0: Yeah, this is great. I know this is going to be a really fun conversation, so let's just go. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. So can you just start out by talking about how you started writing? Because this was definitely not something that you dreamed of doing uh, since you were a kid, right?
1: Oh, no, I didn't even read. Um, I It wasn't until I was in my 30s, my mid-30s to be exact, and I had gotten divorced and... I was in school, finished up a, um, another degree to be a child therapist, and one of the uh, younger girls in the group, she's like, oh, you know, you should join our book club. And I'm like, oh, I don't even like reading books. And it took me forever to even write my therapy notes because at that time we had to handwrite them in the files. And I'm like, I can't even stand writing those when I have a, a, a thera- therapy session. And so then she's like, oh, but, you know, we have you know chocolate and wine. And I'm like, oh, what time is that book club? You know, teasingly. <laughs> but they did invite me and I um, had been going through a divorce. And so my son would go to his father's every other weekend and I found myself, and I'm not a depressed person, and but I found myself in a very depressing situation, and I, I found myself um, just laying in bed on the weekends, but during the week when he was at home, um, it was great, you know, but then as soon as he would leave, it was just like, oh my goodness, my life has stopped, and so um, my girlfriends were having their book club, and when they would have them. They would have them on the weekends that my son was gone. They were great. Still friends today after all these years. Mm-hmm. But anyways, and so uh, I didn't even read the book for six months. And so <laughs> I decided I went to Walden's books and I would go buy the books. I don't even think there's a Walden's around anymore. That's how old nope. this is. <laughs> and so I. This is you know back in like the early two thousands. And so. We, um, I finally picked up the book one Sunday and knowing that my son was going to be home later that night. And I just opened it. It was the craziest thing. I opened up the book. It was a hardcover and I just started reading. And the next thing I know, my doorbell's ringing and there's my little boy. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, have I been reading all day long? I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Like, I just couldn't believe that I escaped into this book and time just flew so then I became an instant reader I mean I immediately went into the library and became a card holder at the age of 33. I <laughs> it was it was something that um, I started spending money on books and reading all the time and participating in the book club and then years later um, we had had riots in um, Cincinnati which is just over the river from me. And there was a lot of stuff was going on and it was my night to host book club. So of course I go back to my Walden bookstore and you know, when you're hosting a book club, you get like, you know, a stack of books cause you don't know which one you're going to pick. Cause when you host it, you got to pick the next book. Hmm. So I had a stack of books. Now I'm married. I have four boys and my husband, you know, it's, a, it's expensive to feed four boys and books are expensive So my husband's eyes were like this big when I came home with my Walden stack of books. And he's like, how much did you spend on books? I mean, we have four little boys mouths to feed. And so I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how much I spent. And so he's like, well, which one are you going to pick? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Well, he picked one up and he's I'm cooking and I'm getting all the stuff ready for my girlfriends because also we would have a little dinner together before I shoot him and the boys off. And so I watched him. He, I, I mean, I can picture him now sitting in the corner of the cabinets where the lazy Susan is, and just kind of rocking back and forth and reading this book. And I've never seen him read. He's an electrician, yeah. and so not that electricians don't read, but I've never seen him read. You yeah. know, yeah. and um, he just um, he just doesn't have a profession where he has to read, so he doesn't read. So he. look, he put the book down. He goes, you could write this. And I'm like, what? He said, you could write this. I just laughed, you know, and just get the boys and get out. So I was telling a story to my book club about um, something very fond um, memory of a child in Cincinnati where the riots were taking place. And I said, oh, I think it's a shame because I have this fond memory and, you know, now that building's not going to be here and this kind the other. And so I was telling the story and the story is really funny. The the memories are funny memories. And I like humor. And they were like in stitches laughing. They're like, oh, my gosh, Tanya, you should write a book about this. (laughs) And I'm like. That's the second person in like three hours that said I could write a book. So maybe with a little liquid courage after they left, (laughs) I go upstairs at midnight and I wake up my husband and I'm like, do you think I could write a book and just help somebody escape? Like I'm a therapist. I love my job at this point. I love my job. It's going well. I have my own practice. I'm full up on, on kids and, um, and love, I, I still love the job. So I don't do it anymore. But if I had to, I would go back to it instantly. So what happened was that um, he said, yes, go to sleep. <laughs> so that did not leave my mind. So the next day I go back to the Walden's bookstore at the in. We had an indoor mall at this time. And while well, my kids were at school in between therapy appointments and I pick up a notebook, a real pretty notebook, and I pick up some um, a really nice pencil, erasable pencil, you know, mechanical pencil, and I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write this fictional story, not knowing a thing, not knowing how to start a story, not knowing how many words it needed to be. I didn't even know you need an agent. I know nothing, <laughs> right, at this time. And I didn't even know how you contacted a publisher. So... That afternoon, my two of my boys were in PE football, and at that age, you couldn't le- you can't leave because if they get hurt, you know that you have to be there. But I sat under an oak tree at the river, um, the Ohio River overlooking, you know, Cincinnati. And I started writing, you know, just the story in my head of this girl going through this as an adult. Some of these stories that had happened to me as a child, but maybe, but I put her in an adult situation. So it was more of a women's fiction, humorous women's fiction. And I just didn't stop And that's when I started, I didn't have a laptop or anything, but I did start researching um, local writing groups, which at that time, the only group around was Romance Writers of America in Cincinnati, which the location in Cincinnati was like 50 minutes away from me. So I started showing up at these meetings um, and, you know, just getting into groups of individuals that were like me, you know. Um, but they were all readers and, you know, they would be like, Oh, what was your favorite childhood book? And I'm like, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I, you know, I was kind of felt silly cause I didn't know any of them. Now, since I've gone back and read some of the classics, but then I'm like, I don't know, uh, maybe spot the dog with a little, <laughs> spot the dog with the little, um, so yeah, you know, it wasn't anything that I, I liked to do or wanted to do and. Yeah. So that's how I started my writing career. And then it just took off.
0: I love that. And then once you started writing, you just kind of fell in love with it? Like, how did you get from like, that one notebook to producing all of these books?
1: Well, um, again, my husband says, yeah, I'm a good storyteller. And so that's what I did. And I yeah. I have all these stories in my head that just came one after the other, one after the other. And honestly, I thought I was a women's fiction writer until one of my friends that was in this group said, are you sure that you don't write kind of mystery? Because first off, they're not kissing. There's not even any hand holding there's a dead body. I'm like, Oh, no, I write women's <laughs> fiction. And I thought, Oh my gosh. And so then I was introduced to the world of cozy mystery. Of course I knew like the television shows like Matlock and things like that. Cause I grew up on those. Um, but, As far as reading Cozy Mysteries, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And so I went back to my trusty old bookstore and picked up um, what was considered, you know, Agatha Christie. So I picked up Agatha Christie. I started reading the Nancy Drew books, you know, those kind of things, those older things. And I'm like, okay, well, I I can do this. Easy right? And so um, it was not easy. But in my head, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this will be great. And so they just, the stories just kept coming. And then my husband saw that I was spending more and more time at night in car line with my kids. Um, Like I would, I started putting my therapy day to end at 2.30. So when I had to go pick up my kids, I had to sit in car line. And there was this one guy that always was there before me. So I would get earlier and earlier because I wanted to beat him. Car <laughs> line. So I would get there like an hour and a half before school got out. So I would take um, – my new laptop and I would start writing and then I would do all the boy things in the afternoon, all my kids. Um, well now they're 30 to 24. So they're all really close in age. Um, three of them were always in school at the same time. One is a set of twins in the middle. So, um, so I had a lot of sports activities like karate, you know, Mm -hmm. um, lacrosse, but they played every sport, soccer, football, basketball, um, baseball. And so there was a lot of sitting. And so when I would go pick them up at school, I was getting there like an hour and a half before school was out and I would write or at practices, I would write and then we'd come home, we'd have supper together. Um, And then I would get them all done and ready. And when bedtime came, they would go to bed and then I would stay up you know, after Eddie and I, you know, talked and before he went to bed, because he had to get up at 5.30 in the morning to go to work, I would stay up till midnight, maybe write another 500 words or a thousand words. Um, And of course, you know, this is all before Facebook or anything like that. There was not even a Kindle. There was nothing. And so um, my husband did have a Sony Mm e-reader. They don't even make those anymore. Um, We probably have it somewhere in storage. But So what happened was that, and that was a gift. He did not purchase that. To be purchased, somebody purchased that for him because he still wasn't a reader. (laughs) And so as, um, you know, things progressed, I just started um, following other authors and what they were doing and, you know, trying to figure out how to get an agent and go the traditional way.
0: So how many books did you write before your first book was published? And we're going to talk a lot about your, your publishing journey because you're, you started out traditionally published, now you're self-published. That's such a super interesting topic and people are going to want to hear all about that. But talk about like, you know, how long it took you once you made this decision and started writing every day, multiple times a day, to get that first book published.
1: So it was the very first book. Oh, wow. So it was the very first book. Yeah. (laughs) It it was a women's fiction. And so, but that's when kind of boutique traditional publishers were popping up. This this company isn't even around anymore. And so she was like, well, we're going to have to change a few things because you can't really, writing is different than telling a story. And she said, you can't really do that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can. I can do that. I can, you know, people, you know, they like my stories. I can tell it that way. Like, well, you know, really? And I'm like, no, I can do that. You know? And she's like, well, let's just try. And as you can see, I was like, no, I can do that. You know? (laughs) And so the, 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 I had a release date and it was, um, you know, set, set in stone. And I knew that it wasn't really the traditional type of um, Publishing house. It wasn't one of the big. I think eight at the time. there was there eight. I don't know how many there were. Um. So and I didn't have an agent. So you could just go straight to the editor. Mm. So then I'll never forget. It was Mother's Day, and it was Mother's. It was the week before Mother's Day, and I had not gotten my final proof copies, and the release date was in June. And I had set up my own book signings and I had set up my own things. And I was like, am I going to get this book? Because that just seems awful close. I haven't had the final edits. And um, so I I had a BlackBerry. And so the iPhone even out. So I had a BlackBerry and I messaged, I sent her an email and I said, do you know when I'm going to get those final edits? Because, you know, it's coming up um, the release date, this, that, and the other. So while I'm, my mother, it, she had collected something and I was like in a Hallmark store or something getting that for Mother's Day. It was some kind of bracelet thing that they sell. So I'm standing in line with the bracelet and my phone dings back an email immediately. And she said, you know what? Um, it just seems like you're hard to work with. So we're dropping the book. You can have your rights back. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, what? So, um, I'll never forget it. So I don't, um, I had messaged, um, an author by the name of Jane Porter and that's whose books that I love to read. And I kind of stalked her and I'm, I'm happy to call Jane my friend now. And so she's a big, um, romance author and she has several movies out and things like that. And so that's a whole nother story about how I stalked her, but, um, until she, I made her become my friend, but anyways, and so, um, I messaged her and I, and she said, let me know what I can do to help. You know, I'll do anything to help you. So my, I went home to my husband, I put mom's mom didn't get her bracelet for that, that year because I was just, (laughs) I just put the bracelet back and left. So I come home and my husband said, have you, what about self-publishing? And I just about laughed myself silly. And I said, are you kidding? That's vanity publishing. I can't self-publish. Um, I would, Yeah, you know, that's just not how you get published. And he's like, really? Because I've got this tablet thing. And he goes, and people are putting like short stories that you can get. And he said, I don't know anything about it, but I can probably, he's pretty techie. I can probably dig in and see how to format one of these books and get them on these readers So we mulled on that for a while. And then um, Amazon um, was here at this time. And um, I had already joined a blog um, with a bunch of writers that had already been traditionally published because my thought was, oh, I need blogs at that time were big. I need to comment on all these blogs and get invited to do a guest. And so that's what happened. They mm-hmm. said, oh, we well, you see, you're, you're blogging. Would you like to do a guest post? And I said, sure. And it was about how I was writing. And um, I acted as though I had a book coming out. And um, joined my newsletter list. And you know, I was just kind of forward thinking that way. Building a brand. Yeah. And then I told everybody I knew in my small town I'm on this blog. Go comment. It's super important that you comment. So they got all these comments. And um, so the authors are like, hey, would you like to join us? I'm like, yeah. So I was already (laughs) building a list and readership. I was giving away things um, like little um, tchotchkes that I would get at the bookstore for readers. It had nothing on my Uh, I had no brand logo, no website, no nothing, but you can sign up for this newsletter, you know, when I have something. And so I started building that before I had a book. So the more we, so then all of a sudden Amazon announced that they were going to be built making this e-reader called the Kindle. And I'm like, I will never read from a Kindle. I'm only going to read from books (laughs) now that I'm a book reader and print print physical books and so um my husband's like really I think that you know we should look into this mm. months later so um I did you know we um ended up doing that I ended up getting kind of kicked out of my group and mm. um saying that it was vanity publishing not acceptable um so, so what, what year was the first,
0: this yeah you know, what year was this just to
1: 2010.
0: Yeah,
1: back in 2010.
0: Yep, that sounds about. I right. um, so finish your story, and then I
1: want to. Yeah, say something. Yeah. No, so um, you know, then my husband, we thought we did something wrong because I, I didn't even own a Kindle, hmm. <laughs> so we didn't we didn't know what happened. So I get a message on my BlackBerry that said, "Hey, my wife, my son, we were at a baseball game." Okay my son's baseball game, my parents had driven two hours up to watch the game. And I'm trying to explain to them what I did. And they're like, what? And, you know, I'm still a therapist. So they're thinking "Mm, you're writing a book and you did what to it and you put it where and it costs what? And how do we read it? I'm like, yeah, it's a digital form. And, you know, they just, you know, couldn't understand, you know? And so they were like, but that's good, honey. You know, we're proud of you. It just, you know, no, they've always been very supportive. Um, Great people. So, I'll never forget sitting at that baseball game and I got an email on my BlackBerry because we put it up in the world and had told my my news, my 20 newsletter people probably. I can't remember what that time, what my newsletter list was. But I got an email and it said, my wife loved your book and I think I can help you sell a few copies and I'm like, oh, thank you. My first reader email. I was like, ah, oh, thank you so much. Da, 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 You know, and but at this time, Facebook had come along and I'd started kind of growing an audience there. And um, at that time, it was when Facebook said, um, Tanya is feeling today and you mm-hmm. like, put your feelings. Do you remember those yep. first posts that they yep, had? Yep, yep. Um, or Tanya's got this going on today and then you would do it. And yep. so it was so early when they roll, rolled it out to the public. So I was just putting, you know, wrote a chapter today. And you know, at that time there was no hashtags, there was no nothing. So just growing that organically. And started um, a page, an author page, because I thought, well, if this is going to be a business, this is what a business account is. I'm going to invest into this. And so I started, that's how I started building that up. And so then I'm sitting there at the baseball game. And I'm like, yeah, you can even get on Amazon's website and I can show you how many books I've sold. So I'm showing it to my mom and my dad and it said 500. I'm like, oh my God, he said 500 bucks. And then I'm like, that can't be right. So then I hit refresh again on my BlackBerry and this said like 800. And then it like went to like 2000 and then it just kept growing. And I'm like, we've done something wrong. You know, this is a <laughs> sham. I'm going to get put in jail. I didn't know how this worked. Um, there's going to be some kind of electronic police. So I left the baseball game. And I go home to get on my computer. And so I said to this, I I thought, what is going on? And I mean, thousands of copies are being sold. And so this guy said, um, and of course, at that time, I didn't put like in the back of the book, a newsletter sign up or where you could find me, which I wish I would have been known all those things. But what I had done is I had... Taken traditionally published books and I made it exactly like those from the copyright to the front page to the back page. Um, I did everything that, and I also had released on a Tuesday. Like anything that a traditional publisher was doing, I did. Because I'm like, and because I'm like, nobody's going to know that I'm putting this out myself if this does something. Um, And spoiler alert readers had no idea, they did not care. How, like, once they got these e readers in their hand, they didn't care how, who read it or who published it. They just wanted a good story, and I can tell a good story, right? And so, what happened was that they, I emailed this guy and I said, I don't know who you are, but I think I've sold a lot of copies because of you. And is there any way that I can help you? And he said, Oh, I just started a little newsletter subscription service called e reader news today. And if you and I could just partner and you help me get the word out, that would be great. And um, now, of course, that thing has exploded, and everybody knows what that is now. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, he literally gave me my shot, and I just um, will never forget that. But again, it was a women's fiction book. So then going to Cozy, I wrote four women's fiction books. They're still available, and they still sell. But um, truly, I enjoy killing people. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> Don't we all? I, 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 I found that little niche, and um, that's when I wrote um, Ghostly Undertaking and um, wrote a couple before that as well. And it did well, super well. That's when um, Harper Collins had called and said, Hey, you know, we see that you publish this yourself. Would you be interested? At that time I had two books out in that series. We would love to buy those books from you. You can own your characters. Um, and I said, Oh, okay. Well also need to be, um, you know, traditionally published. You get a royalty every however many months. And I said, well, if this is how this is going to go, I want 50% of all ebook sales. I want all cover control. I want all marketing, and I want to be in on all the marketing calls. Um, and I want to be paid monthly, like I am at Amazon. And they did not bat an eye, really. And so, um, so I still make fifty percent of all my books. I still have my characters if I want to continue writing that series, which I did write two more books in that series. But and I loved, I loved. Them and I still love Harper Collins, um, but what I found out after taking two, three maybe contracts with them, um, there's really nothing that they could do for me that I couldn't do for myself at this time. Yeah, they could not market me. They cannot be Tanya Kappas. They could not write any better email than I was writing. They could not um, do anything. Um, Because to me, when I started writing and and marketing and going to do this as a business, I remembered what it felt like to find a book, to escape. So I always said to myself, just one reader. You know, I'm I'm a therapist. I can do this. I'm just going to focus on that one reader. So every piece of marketing material that I did, every piece, every post that I wrote on Facebook, I did it with that feeling of how I felt and how mm-hmm. I want the one person to feel when they got my stuff. But again, you know, it was something, and that's what i built my business on, you know, just the one, one reader is just the one reader. And, um, I still, that still do that today that, I mean, I, even back then I was writing, um, I collected email or mailing addresses and I still have a little black book and I still take it everywhere with me. And I'm, um, it started out with one, one, person. Hmm. But anytime I travel somewhere, like last week, I was in Austin, Texas for an event. And I went, first thing I did when I got the airplane is I went to the airport gift shop. I bought 10 postcards. I had my little black book. I mail, I addressed them and I sent them off. So I, that's something that I've always done is grassroots um, marketing and still keeping in contact with them. Every month I send out handwritten birthday cards so I mean, it's maybe it's grown to maybe like three to five thousand a month. I um, mean, oh. I've seriously thought about stopping it, but um, especially now that the the postcard stamp has gone up. But I still get that one email or two emails or however many emails okay. that'll say, "Oh my gosh, I got your postcard! Thank you so much." Um, this will probably be the only birthday card I get. Oh, and to me that. And they might not have, not have read my, because I don't curate this list. It just keeps going. Yep. Um, so that person might have been on the list since 2015 and doesn't read my stuff anymore. But I don't care. You know, if I'm touching her that way and not, then I get into her mind again and she's probably like, Oh, I wonder what Tanya has been up to, you know? So that's really not, that's not why I do it, but that's kind of been the trend. Like that's been the aftermath of me sending it when in reality, I'm sending it with love and truly wishing you happy birthday. And I got that idea from my dentist. (laughs) So my dentist, every year I get a postcard from my dental office for my birthday. It's just like my cat, Rowena, she gets it from Chewy. Who doesn't love a postcard from Chewy's? So, you know, back in the day when I got that from my dentist, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, I wonder if readers would like a postcard that just says happy birthday. You know, and it's not a big card. It's just a postcard that, you know, I get in bulk and I sign it. Um, I used to handwrite all of their addresses until I got smart and learned how to do like Avery stickers and, mm-hmm. and put them in a, a spreadsheet and just do it. But, um, but every month I sit down at the 16th of the I mean, it's, it's, it's regiment. At the 16th of each month, I sit down and write their postcards for the following month because I want to make sure I get them out the week before so they have it on their birthday month. That's amazing. Um, and That's it's amazing. not, it, you know, it's a it's, treat people the way I want to be treated. And I think that that goes along and I'm genuinely serious. Like I'm, I generally, if it's just one reader, um, and so, you know, I've always kept, I had one, one of the reader emails I'd gotten in the very beginning, she had said to me, um, in her email, and it was the email that I wanted that one reader email that, that, that solidified my crazy idea at midnight, with a bottle of wine in me um, that I'm not going crazy the next day when I started writing this book. Um, And she said, I just want you to know that your book helped me get through my mom's open heart surgery. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's my reader email. And to this day, it's still printed out sitting on my desk. I had it laminated because that was the one reader email. And I had been asked years after that to do a um, talk to a group And I gave that talk and her and her mom were in the audience Hmm. and she's like, that's my email. (laughs) And so I got to meet her and just, um, it it just felt so good, you know, because that was the one reader that really said, okay, I helped somebody escape. I'm going to do this again. Yeah. And then I became my own publisher and I have never now. And so you said traditionally published, I have taken, of course, other publishers have approached me and I did two more publishing houses. um thinking that it'd be different, no different. And so I'm still now I'm completely self-publishing under my own Tanya Capis books brand. Um, and it's just me. Um, so, um, Right now, I'm not saying ever, I won't go back to traditional publishing, but right now um, it is still the best thing for me Yeah, is my self-publishing Yeah, and my family. So now my husband has been afforded a year ago to quit his job after 35 years and now he works for me. Um, and so, um, you know, that one reader has turned into multiple readers and I do um, still am very involved with my readers still. Like we go live every week and a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah.
0: no, that's amazing. And so to go back to something you said about Hopper Collins and, you know, about how you, you know, they can't market you the way you can, were they actually putting a lot of effort into marketing you? Because, you know, from my own personal experience and, and this is not, you know, I'm not saying this in a in a bad way. I just um I've been traditionally published with two different publishers. The marketing, you know, you you, you do have to do a lot of it yourself, whether you have a traditional publisher or you are doing it all on your own, right? So did they put a lot of effort into, into marketing you at that point?
1: So at the time they had a podcast, so I would go on the podcast. Um, and then they had kiss cons. And so they sent me to kiss cons and I was in a group of front of, you know, um, in-person, uh, people. And, um, a a lot of my readers started showing up at those. So that did help because I was getting to meet them in person. Yep. Um, and then, um, but a lot of those readers were romance authors. Then I started was going to like Malice, which mm-hmm. I know people love Malice, but it did nothing for me either. They sent me there. Um, and it's it. so I gave it a second shot and it still did nothing for me. So I don't go to those anymore. It's not a good return on investment for me. Um, and especially in today's marketing, if I want to collaborate or network, we Zoom. You yeah. know, I'll Zoom with who I want to Zoom with, you know, things like that. Um, and then, um, they also had me in the bookstores and yeah, I think they spent like $30,000 for an end cap for my books, which is a lot of money, Yeah. but, um, traditionally published books can be so expensive, um, that it just breaks my heart. Cause as a self-published author, I can price my books, you know, what I want them to be. And, I was just like, oh, these books, like one of my other publishers only would do hardback books. And I went on a tangent and told my readers, do not buy these books. Mm -hmm. Do not buy a book for $25 that I wrote. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) And so, uh, because I just couldn't fathom that they wouldn't do a, a a soft print, you know, I just like, what, you know, and the eBooks were ridiculously priced. And um, so a lot of readers in my genre, which is the cozy genre, are on fixed incomes or have other incomes and they are just not going to pay the price. Well, they do. They'll, they'll pay some, but um, to reach the masses and to get word of mouth, which is what I want to do is help every reader escape. You just can't price that the way they price. So that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, and so they also can't put books on sale like I can and they can't, um, you know, they just could not reach the grassroots. Now I don't, now I don't think they do any of those things anymore. So I don't really know what they do for their authors now, but I know that the in-person things had stopped. So book signings had stopped. My book signings didn't stop. Mm -hmm. Readers are still begging for print books. So I started doing online book signings, Darren, um, the shutdown, you know, I said, oh, okay, well, I'll put a form up. And if you want a print signed copy, fill out the form, pay it through PayPal, we're good to go. And I would host a Zoom and I would say, oh, hey, Kate, here's your book, you know, and, and, you know, or Liz, I'm not sure what we're going by here, but, you know, and that would hold <laughs> either up. one is fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, um, and I will hold it up. And so just, you know, I I do those twice a year and they are something that I don't have to go out anymore to do. Mm. Um, and with today's technology, you just don't have to do what they would say they could do. And so, um, you know, so, and I, again, I still love working with them and think they're still a great company and they did do well by me. Um, but um, you know, at, at this point, it's a business, right? Yeah. But I still keep the one reader in mind. But now it's a business. I'm, you know, feeding mouths outside of my own home um, with assistance and things like that, um, that it's more important than ever for me to reach the one reader and to make that community connection, which is what is the forefront of my business is always how to reach that next reader. Just to help them escape. I give away free books all the time when people say, oh, I would love to read your books. And I heard they're great. I'm like, great, here, take a free book. Here's a code. You know, go buy one.
0: Mm, That's incredible.
1: So I guess, you know, no, again, no one can market me better than I can market myself.
0: Yeah. And that just feels like such a, just a lovely, like heart centered way to build a business. And so to me, you know, that doesn't surprise me that you've had so much success with that.
1: Really? It doesn't. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you know, I sell from my, my heart. I sell from my soul and what feels good. Yep. Um, you know, and I just, you know, a lot, and a lot of people are like, Oh, well, she's such an extrovert. You know, a lot of times I don't, I'm like, Oh no, I've got to go live tonight. And, um, you know, I don't put on the makeup. I don't fix the hair. Half the time it's like, Oh, it's six o'clock. I gotta go live. And I just go live, you know? (laughs) And, 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 and I'm not saying I'm sometimes like, Oh, I gotta go live tonight. But I made the commitment to my readers and they've always shown up for me. So I always show up for them unless something tragic happens or they knew last week I was out of town. I wasn't going to be able to physically be near my computer. So, um, so in those kind of situations, you know, but truly for me, it is a heart centered business. And and I say that a lot, you know, I say, you know, God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I'll do the quantity, um, you do the quality and let it reach mm-hmm. whoever it needs to be.
0: That's for. right out of Julia Cameron's The Artist Way, isn't it? <laughs>
1: It is. Yeah. Yes. And I love her. Every fall I do that. Yeah. So. Oh,
0: that's awesome. I, love I do that.
1: make on, Yeah, Every fall and winter I redo the artist way.
0: That's amazing. Oh my gosh. You are, you are a force. Let me tell you that book is hard I, to I get know. through.
1: <laughs> you are. It, yes, it is hard yeah. to get through, but every, um, you know, I had found it because I had gone on a writer's retreat and I had found people looking at me like, you do what and huh? And so I was kind of anxious, mm. you know, so Amazon delivers the next day. So yep. I found that. And, um, during that retreat, cause I was there for like a week and a half. So mm. during that, I was like, I've got to find something that's going to help me get through this week and a half. And so mm. I found it and this was years ago and, um, it got delivered to the little place we were staying and um, they were like, at night, what are you doing over there? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make it through. Um, and so I found comfort in, because it was that time of the year as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think I revisited that time of the year because it was comforting to me. And it, I found comfort in it and it spoke to my soul. Yeah. And so every year yeah. I go on my own little pilgrimage and do. That thing. And then I continue to do the artist dates and all those things, but they don't continue until I've done just the thing. You know, I don't continue yeah. the morning pages as, you know, it's kind of like a three month process that I cocoon myself and then I've got the right mindset for the next rest of the year. So...
0: Yeah, I've, the artist way definitely put me back on track many years ago. I've only done the whole thing twice. Um, but every morning without fail to this day, I do morning pages. I can't start my day without Uh, them. Uh, it's just become such a part of my process. Um, I I need to get better at artist dates though. I need to get better at keeping my artist dates, but I definitely do the morning pages. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. So, you were doing all this back in 2010. Um and it's interesting cuz so I got my first traditional traditionally published contract in 2011 and i remember at the time it was it was a different thing than it is today right to be self published it was it almost had like a you oh. know negative aspect oh to i was it.
1: shamed yeah oh, i was literally kicked out of my writing group oh my gosh cuz i was shaming them
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i remember sitting at conferences where and i think at the somewhere around that time um i think it was Barry Eisler who really brought it to the forefront and he you know made headlines for uh, declining, what a yeah. million dollar Amazon deal or something, um, to go self-publish and all the agents and editors were right. you know mortified that he was saying this to people. I, I just, I remember that setting like, and yeah. wow, it's come such a long way, but did you ever, did you get any fallout that, that kind of lasted with traditional publishers for kind of doing that bef-
1: back before it was cool? So I, my, my deal, I think with Harper Collins was like 2015 so it had come a while. I was maybe one of their first self-published authors that they bought. Mm. Um, and so they didn't really know the terms. You know, that's why yeah. I was like, well, I want this, this, and this. And I was set those terms. But I had fallout from, I lost friends mm. that I thought were friends, which obviously were not friends. Yeah. But I lost um, a lot of people in the writing community, a lot of people that we know oh, collectively wow. together that... Um, no longer I associate with due to the fact that they were intimidated. One of my books got the best set on the USA Today's bestseller list and it stayed there and someone got really upset that was traditionally published and just was, you know, raged over it. And, yeah, I just sat with my soul and um, I know that when, you know, those kind of things come against me, that it's really not me, it's them. You know, Mm -hmm. as, as a therapist, I, learned a lot of things and people's behaviors Mm -hmm. and so I didn't let their negativity, um, wash over me. I didn't want to lose a friendship by the way I was doing things, but I didn't also didn't understand Well, this doesn't, my, I'm not paying your bills and you're not paying mine. So I don't understand why you should feel so, you know, passionate about this. Um, so I lost a lot of friends along the way. Mm -hmm. I lost an entire writing group. Um, And I lost, um, you know, a writing community, you know, RWA did not like it at all. But after they, I found success, they came knocking and they said, Hey, we would love for you to teach classes. I'm like, okay, well, I'll take your money. I've got to take some, at some point, my kids are going to be in college and I've got to (laughs) to keep doing that. And then I had also decided to be a full-time writer and put my in my therapy gig. So I did go around to those people, um, the, ch- the the organizations, and start teaching self-publishing and marketing and how to market to be successful. And so I had a lot. I mean, it was my sister. Um, I remember I would call her and um, she would say, I just don't understand this industry. I don't understand these people because I did get a lot of negative feedback and emails. And, but the thing about me, Liz, is when someone tells me I can't do it or they give me pushback or they kind of make fun of me, I am the type of person that's gonna say, okay, watch me. Mm. And it just flips fire. So when people started doing stuff, my husband was like, Oh no, I know what this means. <laughs> it's gonna be at no cost. She's gonna do this thing. And um yeah. I love that. That's what I did. I just Yeah, I'm like, well, I'll just turn it to my good. Yeah. You know, that's all I'm going to do. I'm not doing anything that doesn't hurt anybody. I'm wanting people to escape. And if I just continue to stay on that journey and be consistent, then I knew I would be successful.
0: Yeah. And look at you now.
1: (laughs) You just can't let the negative chatter in, you know, and it's really hard to do. It's hard to do in this business. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And then not be like, so, oh, look at her. She got the traditional deal. Um, But I I wasn't, the the thing with me is I wasn't so far into it Mm. to be invested that, oh, I've got to go traditional. It's the only way. Um, I hadn't been writing that long. Yeah. So I didn't really know all the ways. So I created my own way when it became available. Yeah. So that's what happened. I wasn't, I didn't grow up on, um, at a bookstore long. I mean, I loved movies and I loved Shirley Temple Black. I love Shirley Temple. And I remember the one time I went to a bookstore when I was a kid, my mom took me to Walden Books mm-hmm. in Lexington because she was signing her memoir. I was 16 years old and we went up there. I stood in line. I got her autographed book. Got a picture with her, and that's the only book sign I ever gone to, just because I loved her movies. Yeah, um, you know, still love her movies. Um, and so, um, you know, it was never something I never was like, oh, how did you write this, or how did this get published? So I came at the right time, I think. Yeah, for me. Yeah. You know, and didn't get invested into the oh no, I'm going to be shunned. You know, I do. I care what other people think. Yep. I don't. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> I have spent enough time meditating in nature to know myself Yeah, and not let other people put labels on me.
0: Yep. Yeah. I love that. So I love well, that. Thank you.
1: It sounds kind of cocky or something. No, it's, it's not. true because I, if
0: you, you know, that's, you know, one of the things that, so I run a membership site for writers and one of the things that we talk a lot about is that inner work and how you can do all the outer work and the, you know, taking the writing classes and writing, you know, for two hours a day and, you know, whatever it is that you're doing to produce the output of writing. But if you're not, if your mind isn't right, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's where the artist way really saved me. And that's kind of how I came at that. And then from there I learned meditation and yoga and all of the things. Right. But if your mind isn't right, you're never going to, you're never going to get to where you want to be.
1: Right, and just like before here, um, before we came on to talk, I was writing, and then I'm still in that headspace. So I live in you know three hundred something acres of woods here, um, and so an hour before we got on, I'm like, I need to go clear my headspace, and mm-hmm. so I just went walking in the woods. And although there's tornado, you know, it was coming, and um, all the rain will be here soon, um, I you know, was like, I'm just going to walk in nature because it's where I get grounded. It's where I hear myself and was ready to clear out what I was writing and all those murdery things so I could have mm. some sort of a normal conversation <laughs> if we can have a, a writer normal conversation, right?
0: Totally. All right, so we've talked about publishers, and there's, you know, many different kind of, kinds of publishers. There's the big publishers, there's the smaller publishers, there's publishers where you don't need an agent to get into, there's publishers where you do need an agent to get into. So what about agents in your world? Talk about your experience with that, with that piece of the business.
1: So originally, when um, I always wanted to be with Curtis Brown. Like, that's who all the people in my circle wanted to be with. And so when HarperCollins came, um, I was like, oh, I need an agent right? So I contacted Curtis Brown. So I got this agent and it was a man and he was like, yeah, this is great. Blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, okay, wonderful. Um, and so I said, there's this new thing in New York city called book. I don't know if it's around anymore. Um, it was at the Javits center book, the book expo. Oh, yeah, probably it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so at that time, you couldn't get in as a self-published author. You had to be, you could only buy a booth if you were a Mm -hmm. traditional author. So I'm a traditional author, you know, I'm my own publishing house. Little did they know, um, book, yeah, what was it called? Book, it was a book expo. Um, anyways, I don't know if they have it anymore. Um, but, um, I applied to be a, have a booth. Right. Um, and under Tanya Kappa's books, publishing house. And they accepted me. Wow. It's <laughs> so, awesome. Oh, yeah. It, it's even crazier. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm going to be in New York at this book thing. And you gave away books. So we had ordered like 300 books, right? And so they would they would give you times when you could book. And you got in this, this brochure. And I mean, I'm totally signing next to Grumpy Cat, Tina Fey, Author <laughs> <Arthur laughs> Fontorelli. Like, I'm like, what have I done, right? So I had to. Wait did, you like, actually, wait, like, wait, did you actually meet Grumpy Cat? Yes! Okay. I got a picture. I said, oh my gosh, and it's a girl. And like, literally, she's like, well, yeah, she's deceased now, but she's literally like that, a like, tiny. Aww. And so I'm like, is she drugged? And they're like, no, no. And I'm like, that I'm telling you, Liz, the cat was drugged. There's no way a cat would lay there. But it was so funny because... Her sign says, "I'll be signing at noon. Don't come back." It was hysterical. <laughs> sweet people, very sweet people, and cute cat. But um, but yeah, so grumpy cat. And then uh, I mean, I'm talking big stars like on these stages. And there I was in my little booth, and I had made business cards up, and um, I have my big sign up, and I mean, I was like making it like I was somebody, right? And so because I mean, that's just what I did, you know? So the agent comes and I never met him. And, um, um, Harper Collins had, had me signing for their books, but I'm promoting myself published stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do their stuff too, since I'm here. So he walks over and he's like, oh my gosh, he goes, you got a booth. I go, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it was, it was decorated. It was up, it was going like, um, Drew Ann Love had come to see me. Um, I know y'all know who she is. um, And I mean, there's probably 20 readers that to this day I'm still in contact with that came because they had heard me say, I'm coming to this book con or book expo or whatever it was. And they all kind of lived around there Hmm. and um, or took a train to get there, right? And it's at the Javits Center. And I mean, when I got there and I saw these big banners of all these authors, I'm like, what did I think I could do, (laughs) you know? (laughs) This poor little girl from Kentucky, never been in New York City. What in the world was I thinking? Um, No wonder I gravitated to the naked cowboy because he's from my area. So I'm like, oh, we're friends. We know the same people. And he's like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, we do.
1: Um, But anyways, and so what happened was that um, my agent, he was like, wow, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had anybody quite as bold as Mm -hmm. you, you know, that would do something like this. I'm like, well, you obviously haven't met me in person. So um, anyways, um, he had quit um, doing some, uh, he had quit being an agent. But between that time, after that, and a few years later, um, I was approached by Harper Collins to write a Southern women's fiction because I write Southern and funny. And I'm I'm like, oh, I, I might, you know, dabble in it. So they're like, yeah, at the time they're like, you know, we kind of want you to have an agent. And so that's when I went and got another agent. Um, and then I don't know why I, cause I didn't want to write the book. So I didn't, um, it didn't, didn't, feel good in my heart. And I believe that you kind of go to things. What's for me, I have to feel it yep. to write it. Yep. And so, um, although I do write to market, my market, you know, I know my readers want Southern and funny and a mystery. Right. And so I know that's what I feel comfortable writing in. And that's what I feel like I'm spent to be writing in. And so um, I had another agent that we won't name and um, there was nothing and it was a big agent, like a really big agent. And what I come to find out over the years is I was handing that agent things that were coming my way that should have already been in their mind. Um, and I said, you know what? This just isn't working out because I'm not just going to keep handing things over that are coming. Um, I'm talking like movie things that I was like, oh, well, maybe she can take care of this. or And then, you know, the producer's calling me to see if I'd talk to her, you know. Hmm. Um, and so I just thought, well, this is not working out. And so very nice, um, was able to get out of the contract no matter what. And um, also before I had done some of my own deals um, with another traditional publisher and she had gotten wind of it. And so she's like, oh, well, you know, we like to represent the entire thing. I'm like, oh, well, that's not going to happen, you know. And so it just was a, um, I just could not give control over of my entire writing career. Yep to someone um, that um, was not in my family. You know, that didn't have my best interest at heart. And so I didn't feel it. I wasn't in a good connection with her. Um, though she does great for other authors and still does, it just wasn't my route. And deep down in my soul, my intuition, I know I keep saying this, but this is how I do run my business. People are like, oh my gosh. Um, I, I'm good at listening to um, my gut. And it just wasn't that for me at this time. Now, will I ever go back with another agent? I'm not saying I won't, but I do keep on... hand a literary attorney and she has done wonders for me with getting back rights to, from another publisher to get all my books back. I mean, she got the rights back. I got the covers, I got everything. And so, um, you know, I don't need an agent to do that and to continue to get royalties from that book. So, um, it's just a one-time fee. So really anything that an agent can do for a self-published author, um, a literary attorney, can do and do it for a one-time fee, you know, not years of the life of your intellectual property. Yeah. And so that's something that I learned.
0: Okay. You guys, I know that was a lot for today. So we're going to come back and finish this conversation next week where we're going to talk all about the business side of things, the marketing side of things, and how Tanya gets it all done. So make sure you tune in next week for part two of this awesome conversation. And as always, thanks for being here. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you are loving this podcast, I would love it if you could leave a review. It would mean a lot. Thank you and see you next week.